Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Rhino Shield Mid-South, Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday Night Edition here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at nashfm 1061 Com. Our TuneIn app is available for you anywhere in the world to listen in via iHeart. You can also catch us at home via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM, and you'll be able to check us out in that fashion. Our podcast available following the show at CrescentCitySports.com. Just click on the menu, click on More, and click on Podcast to be able to check out what you may have missed or what you like that you want to hear again. You can also email me. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. That's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. You can always participate by calling the show as well. That number is 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Coming up in just a bit, we'll visit with Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com for the latest on Willie Fritz and Tulane football. Also later in the show, Tulane women's basketball coach Lisa Stockton will join us to break down the green wave and how well they're playing and a big week ahead, including the University of New Orleans. We'll talk with Coach Stockton about that coming up a little later in the show as well. And we'll get you the latest on the New Orleans Pelicans, who play, of course, tonight at Smoothie King Center. An opportunity at home. Can they get back on track? Can they take advantage of it? It remains to be seen. If they'll bounce back from the loss at Memphis, I suspect they will. We shall see what transpires with that as they get ready for their game with Oklahoma City this evening at Smoothie King Center. We'll talk about that, the New Orleans Pelicans, a little bit later on in the show. Of course, the news that's not good out of the Saints camp is they're 4-8. and eight. And They are 4-8. and eight. You can just... Virtually stop right there because it tells the story. That's who they are. The record is indicative of what kind of team this is. And there was never a better example of that than yesterday. If you would have told me prior to the game yesterday that the New Orleans Saints would hold the San Francisco 49ers with Ayuk and McCaffrey and Kittle and Samuel, with Garoppolo getting the ball distributed to 13 points, 
I would have told you that the New Orleans Saints would definitely win the game, even though San Francisco has an outstanding defense. Well, the Saints defense did everything it could to win the game, a penalty or two notwithstanding. But the Saints offense couldn't score a point. And when your best player fumbles it away twice, you got a major problem. When you have a significant play overturned by replay and leaving us at a point in time now where we continuously ask ourselves, what defines a catch anymore in the NFL? Then that certainly is going to hurt. When you have pre-snap penalties, that's going to hurt. When you have not one but two balls that get to the hands of receivers in the end zone and they cannot make the catch, that's going to hurt. The Saints didn't get any help from the officials. Let's be clear. Uh, There were some calls that clearly went against New Orleans. But as I've said, I fully understand the whole concept of disappointment regarding officials' calls. But at the end of the day, that's not the only reason that the Saints lost. The reason the Saints lost is because they made too many mistakes at crucial times to give themselves a chance to win the game. And at day's end, when you haven't scored a point, you can't win a game under any circumstances, at any level. Interestingly enough, not only was it the first time the Saints were shut out in 21 years, but it was by the same opponent, San Francisco, back in 2001, 38-0, Jim Hazlitt, the coach then. But ironically, the last three times the New Orleans Saints have been shut out in franchise history all came against the 49ers. The other two times in 1997 and 1998 under Mike Ditka. There's a real horror show when you think about the Saints-49ers series over the years. Never forget the game where the Saints had a 35-7 lead over the 49ers and a very young Joe Montana on the West Coast in 1980 when the Saints couldn't win a game and the Saints blew the game and lost 38-35. Almost impossible, but they did it. Of course, all the games during the Jim Mora era when the 49ers were incredible and elite and they were so hard to beat and some of those losses were excruciating. Can't forget those. Obviously, the 2011 playoff game, which was brutal, got away in the final minute, in the final 14 seconds after the Saints looked like they had rallied to win that game with, as I've said on many occasions, in my opinion, was the best New Orleans Saints team in the history of the franchise. Well, they didn't win. And it was very, very tough to take. Then there was that game just a couple of years back in the Dome where the Saints got outscored when Garoppolo had an unbelievable game against the Saints. That one was unforgettable as well. The nightmare continued yesterday in Santa Clara, which is where the 49ers play now. And if you want to point to one thing, then you can, but it's really a confluence of things that put the Saints in this position while they're losing. I just mentioned some of them. Key penalties, turnovers, drop balls, bad calls, all of it. These are the things that happen to losers. And as I said, the Saints are 4-8. and eight. They're 4-8 and eight because they're a losing football team. That's who they are. They're just not any good. And that's, there's no other conclusion to be reached at this point in time. And I know it's hard to, to say and it's hard to hear. And yes, injuries have been a significant part of the problem, but that's part of the deal. 
And even yesterday, early on, P.J. Williams gets hurt, and they have to go back to Chris Harris Jr. That did not turn out well at all, and you kind of knew it wasn't going to based upon most recent history and what we've seen from Harris, who at one time was a very good player in this league, and right now he's available and he's playing for a reason. The Saints hope to get Williams back. Maybe, just maybe, Lattimore can come back this week since he was limited practicing last week. They got Roby back. So there's that. They've got May and Matthew. They've got Adebo and Taylor. So now you just want to get Lattimore back, and maybe you'll be equipped well enough in the back of that defense to be able to be successful. The positive would be up front on defense. Defensive line played well. David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle were good inside. Malcolm Roach had his moments, even though he got a big penalty too. And I know people disputed that penalty because quarterback was out of the box. But he went low on him. If you go low on a quarterback, you're going to get flagged. And that's what transpired. Defensive ends, Cam Jordan was back. Did a nice job. Marcus Davenport got some good push. Played pretty well. And then at the linebacker spot, Caden Ellis continues to shine and play really good football. He's been one of the biggest pluses and the biggest finds this season in an otherwise disappointing season. And then, of course, Zach Bond had his best game as a Saint by far on the defensive side. He's been a special teams guy. But yesterday played and played well for the Saints. Mario Davis got beat once in coverage, but he's a good player and you know what you get out of him. So again, the back end of the defense was just fine. Then there's the offense. We got our first look at Trevor Penning. Got a penalty. Then he got whipped on an inside move. He's a rookie. It's his first game. It's going to happen. You just hope that he grows from this and fulfills the potential that the New Orleans Saints think he has. James Hurst came back. Andrews P. came back. Didn't matter. The Saints couldn't run the ball. When your leading rusher is Andy Dalton, you know you've got a major problem. <laughs> and I say that with all due respect. Andy Dalton can't run. He did because he had to, and he did at the right time on a couple of occasions yesterday. But he's your leading rusher. So that tells you about you have no running game to support the passing game. And as I mentioned in the passing game, two balls that hit receivers in the end zone. Now, they weren't easy catches, but one hits Juwan Johnson, he can't hold it. One hits Taysom Hill, he can't hold it. And oh, by the way, on the Camara fumble at the one-yard line, it pops into the air, into the hands of Johnson, and he couldn't corral it. Would have been a touchdown. Instead, a turnover. Game changes, and things go south. So really... Just a very difficult thing. And as for Andy Dalton, look, I mean, again, you can point the finger and say they got shut out. You need to make the change. And I get it. But clearly that's not their biggest problem. And that wasn't their problem yesterday. I still maintain I'd like to see Jameis Winston, as I've said, for a few weeks now. And I think that'll happen, and I hope it will. But as I've said over and over again, Dalton's not the problem. I mean, this team... It's a systemic thing. It's a bad football team. Too many things that point to that put you in this position. I mean, when you're dead last in the league in turnover margin and you've had the most turnovers in the league, you can't win with any degree of consistency, especially when you do not have the best personnel. I mean, you don't have 
the kind of personnel to overcome uh, those kind of issues. I mean, if you were an elite team, you could overcome those issues on some games, on some nights or some afternoons, but the New Orleans Saints 2022 are not that team. So they simply haven't had the ability to overcome. So where do you go from here? Well, I mean, hopefully you get Lattimore back. Hopefully you're able to go back to playing the way you played last week and not turn the ball over. Maybe Winston plays, maybe he doesn't. It's a Monday night game at Tampa Bay who beat the Saints earlier this year in New Orleans, and they're not any good either. They're 5-6, and six, lost to Cleveland yesterday, and they lead the division. The Falcons are 5-7. and seven. The Saints and the Panthers are 4-8, and eight, but the Panthers have a leg up on the Saints because of a head-to-head win at Charlotte. Saints still play the Panthers just like they still play the Falcons, just like they still play Tampa Bay. I mean, it's ridiculous to say this. Again, 12 weeks in with a 4-8 and eight record, but the Saints are still in this. And again, believe me, I'm not silly. I understand. I've said it before. I've said it over and over again. This is not a good team. This is a below average to bad football team. They're 4-8 and eight for a reason. And yet the division is so bad that we can still have this discussion that they're in the race and the only pathway to get to the postseason is to win your division. And at this point, at this rate, if you get to seven games in terms of wins, you're in the race. And that's crazy because that means you'd be 7-10. and 10. If you win eight games, you very well might win the division. But of course, for the Saints to do that, to accomplish that, they'd have to win four of the last five games, which is not likely with this team. Although you do have the division games, as I mentioned, to take care of business on your own. So that part of it is at least advantageous. You get the head-to-head matchups to try to get where you want to get. So Tampa Bay next Monday night at the ship. Then you get the bye week. So got to figure by week 15, you'll have everybody that could possibly be healthy back in the fold when the Falcons come to town. Then you get the Cleveland Browns at Cleveland on Christmas Eve. What's the weather going to be like? And what's Deshaun Watson going to look like, right? Because he's eligible to start this week and come back. Saints were in that sweepstakes. They did not get him. And now they're fixing to face him, it appears, when they had to Cleveland on Christmas Eve. Then comes a game at Philadelphia. I don't know that anybody thinks they can win that game, right? I mean, that's tough. And then Carolina at home. So that's what you've got left. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Cleveland, Philadelphia, Carolina. Best case scenario, three wins. What I'm looking at. That would put you at 7-10. and 10. Is that enough? Doubtful. You probably have to get to eight, which means you'd have to win at Cleveland or win at Philadelphia, as well as winning all the division games that we just spoke of. It's an unlikely scenario, given what we have seen this year, but it is not completely and totally out of the question. You have to wonder about right now about the mindset of this football team. Clearly, it's lost confidence. Probably lost confidence in themselves. Perhaps have lost confidence in the coaching staff. They're not playing like a team that possesses confidence at all. I mean, they played well against the Raiders, and yes, the Raiders did look good yesterday, for whatever it's worth. Played well against the Rams. The Rams are dead in the water. Stole a game against the Falcons. 
and had a good offensive game against Seattle. Play competitive to pretty well in London against the Vikings, but lost. And I mean, again, you look at the course of this season and what it's unveiled, it's been pretty consistent. This team's just not very good. Uh, that's it. I mean, there isn't any other way to, to frame this. They stole the game in Atlanta, lost at home to the Bucks, lost to Carolina on the road, a very bad loss to a team that was in a complete state of flux and ready to fire its coach at the time, and they ultimately did. Then played pretty well in London and lost and beat the Seahawks. Then they played pretty well against the Bengals for three, three and a half quarters, and you know they let it get away, gave up the big plays to Jamar Chase, lost the game. Then they did not play well at Arizona against another franchise in a state of flux. Then played well against the Raiders, stunk against the Baltimore Ravens, stunk against the Pittsburgh Steelers, played well against the Rams, and stunk offensively against the 49ers. I mean, there's a pattern here. The good things have been a clear exception. The bad things have been the rule. It's who they are. Les East penned a column at CrescentCitySports.com talking about how it's pretty much the end of the golden age, the end of an era where the Saints are concerned. It's clearly done in that regard, and this franchise has moved on to the wrong side of the road. And you wonder how long it's going to be there based upon what we're watching right now and based upon what assets exist, and based upon what they'll be able to do in the future. And so much is tied to Sean Payton. Would he ever even consider coming back if you wanted him back? You never say never, but I doubt it. More than that, will he be coaching in the league next year? And if so, how much are you going to get in the way of compensation to try to help fix some of your problems, which are growing by the day? you got to wonder at this point if Alvin Kamara is not bothered by the off-the-field distractions. F- seven fumbles in his entire career coming into this year. He's had four fumbles this year. And he's had now three or four games where he's been nondescript. And he's your best player. Got to wonder if the distractions have been bothersome to him. Because he hasn't been that dude that we're accustomed to seeing on a consistent basis. And, of course, otherwise, Taysom Hill, look, the 49ers just absolutely shut the door on him. They, they shut him down. They were prepared for what the Saints were willing to do with the RPOs and shut it down. And it's not like the wrong reads were made. They had both options shut down virtually every time he came in at quarterback. Now, he did make one really good throw, as we talked about, but it was overturned. 30-yard completion. Big play. Perfect throw. And once in a while, if he does that, it's going to really be effective because defenses are certainly not looking for him to throw it at all. They're going to play man when they see him in there at quarterback. But they took him away. They took Kamara away. Any opponent that takes away the opponent's two best players probably is going to have success, especially when they don't make any mistakes. And the 49ers did not make any mistakes. They did not turn the ball over. They just managed the game. They missed opportunities as well. And the Saints, of course, gave them an extra four points before the half when the 49ers out of timeouts got a big break on a late hit out of bounds by Harris. So, again, we could beat this drum continuously. We could try to break it down a thousand ways until Sunday, but you end up in the same place. It's a below average to poor football team whose record is four and eight. That's who they are. It's real. And they've earned it. 
And I'd like to be encouraging and tell you the prospects are better moving forward, but that would be completely untrue if I told you that based upon what I'm watching, at least for the rest of this season. What happens in the offseason? Well, that is another story. Next up again, it's Tampa Bay on Monday night at Raymond James. The Buccaneers cannot be in a good mood. There's got to be a lack of confidence there, too, after they blew their game with the Browns in overtime yesterday. Somebody's got to win, though, right? So they'll go play the game and see what happens. It's 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. When we return, following this brief timeout, Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com will join us to talk about the latest on Willie Fritz and Tulane football. Lisa Stockton still to come of Tulane women's basketball here on All Access for a Monday night on 1061 FM, Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. I'm Ken Trahan. And I'm Jude Young. We'll have comprehensive coverage of high school, college, and the pros, plus we give you a voice to speak your mind. It's entertainment, it's information, it's all that you could want, and it's right here on 1061 Nash Icon. Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Following Inside New Orleans on 1061 Nash Icon. Country for life. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan, are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful tech to power every passion. The savings start now with up to $500 off on select sleek XPS laptops and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Demand different. Demand Dudley DeBosier. Imagine this. You've been hurt in a car crash, but the insurance company only offers you pennies on the dollar for what you need for your injuries. You realize you should have called a lawyer, but how can you afford one now? At Dudley DeBosier, that call is free, and we are the only law firm in the state with the no-fee guarantee. That means you pay us nothing, no fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 22-13578. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan. Are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes, you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful tech to power every passion. The savings start now with up to $500 off on select sleek XPS laptops and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a radio digital account executive. 
excellent earning potential, incredible benefits, and wonderful working conditions. Outside sales experience preferred. To apply, go to Cumulus.com and click on Work Here. That's Cumulus.com. Join the winning team today at Cumulus Media New Orleans and change your life for the better. Radio and digital marketing is a high energy, fun, and exciting career. Apply at Cumulus.com, an equal opportunity employer. Ring in the new year with the 89th All-State Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllStateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The Allstate Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast, even if your symptoms feel mild. Ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCOVID19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. This report is sponsored by Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Skip the symptoms, not the celebration. Celebrate comeback season with Mucinex Fast Max Cold and Flu All-in-One. Its maximum strength formula tackles up to nine cold and flu symptoms. Try Mucinex All-in-One and get $5 cash back to celebrate your comeback visit fastmaxcashback.com to learn more use as directed welcome to your daily sports report presented by crescentcitysports.com in the midst of a season of lows, the New Orleans Saints hit a low point Sunday, blanked by the 49ers 13-0 at Santa Clara. It's the first time the Saints have been shut out since 2001. Alvin Kamara lost a pair of fumbles, Will Lutz missed a field goal, and the Saints could not run the football. Andy Dalton was their leading rusher with 21 yards. As a result, the Saints now 4-8 and and are tied for last in the poor NFC South with Carolina. No one is at 500 in the division. The Saints head to Tampa Bay next Monday night. Willie Fritz is considering an opportunity to become the new head coach at Georgia Tech. Based on multiple reports out of Atlanta, Fritz has got a two-lane for seven years, including a 10-2 record and a birthday in the American Conference Championship game Saturday at 3 p.m. at Yulman Stadium. Tulane 18th in the new AP poll and in the Coaches Bowl. LSU 11th in the AP poll, 13th in the Coaches Bowl. And Southeastern Louisiana will play at Sanford in the second round of the FCS playoff Saturday after outscoring Idaho 45-42 in the opening round. And the New Orleans Pelicans return to action tonight at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder at Smoothie King Center. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and All Access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Welcome back to the show. Ken Trahan with you on this Monday evening, of course, uh, it's a double-edged story for Tulane this week. The Green Wave hosting the American Conference Athletic Conference Championship game. Say that fast. Twice, Saturday, 3 p.m. at Yulman. And the other story is who's going to coach the team. It looks like Willie Fritz may do so after all, although it certainly appears he's a prime candidate to go to Georgia Tech. Covering the story for us from CrescentCitySports.com is Lenny Van Gilder. All right, Lenny, you were on the Zoom today when Coach Fritz spoke. What did you take away from it? Uh... I took somebody who's, at least for the moment, uh, certainly committed to the task at hand and finishing off a, you know, potentially conference championship season at Tulane, uh, you know, and, you know, in talking about how he doesn't think anything's going to be a distraction for a team with a lot of leadership and uh, really didn't address much of the situation at Georgia Tech is, is you know, it's, I'm, um, Proud to be the head football coach at Tulane. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. 
and pushed a couple of times about the Georgia Tech situation, his response was, I don't want to get into someone else's business. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, there, there were some reports out there on Sunday that this was a done deal. Uh, I think uh, the ball's at about the one or two yard line at this point. But, uh, heck, as we saw from the Saints on Sunday, we know that being on the one or two yard line doesn't mean you're going to score a touchdown either. So it's uh, um, it, it's not done, but I, I think it, uh, you know, it, it's close to being across the goal line, too. Yeah, your report Sunday. Uh, you know, of course, using the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reporters saying that it was a done deal and that he was going to make the move. And then, of course, then it wasn't necessarily the case later on. And they, they talked it back, walked it back a little bit. Uh, it still has the appearance of it happening. I would, I would say that just as a casual observer or as an interested observer, for that matter, because of the very nature of what's transpired. That stuff just doesn't just get out there, first off. And then secondly, the fact that he, he had every chance today to shoot it down, but did not do so. No, exactly. It would have been very easy to say, I'm not a candidate, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever words you want to use there, and that didn't happen. Uh, now, the one thing he did say about what happened on Sunday, he said the initial report gets more traction than the second report. And obviously meaning that the first report came out there as he was taking the job then it got like i said kind of walked back a little bit but it's you know still expected that he would do so but he hasn't uh, he hasn't signed off yet there there's still things to be done whatever the case may be and that's part of what you you know part of what you have to contend with out there look probably yeah i was surprised you know he talked for about 12 minutes and good you know good six or seven of the 12 minutes we're actually talking about the game against UCF Saturday afternoon and not about the, and not about what's happened in the last 24 hours for Georgia Tech so uh, I think he made it pretty clear quickly that he wasn't going to spend a lot of time talking about that so it did it did kind of turn into uh, a little bit of X's and O's and of course on that front you've got you know two teams who played 16 days ago UCF won the game by a touchdown and you know, also at Yeoman, and it's going to be interesting to see what kind of adjustments these two teams make when they uh, when they get back together on Saturday. And of course, where sourcing is concerned, the Atlanta Journal Constitution, of course, a primary source. But there's more than that too, which is why you you had reported what you had reported on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing from from a couple of different reliable sources that players were getting word that this was done. I think at one point that it might have actually been that way and then it was like okay hold on uh you know let, you know let's not uh let's not take this thing across the goal line just yet because you know something happened along the way it's you know you and i have covered enough of these things over over time that you know it's not always a smooth process so uh that's kind of where we are it's it's not uh you know it's not a touchdown yet and it's also uh you know, not a not a fourth down sack. If you want to continue the Saints analogies here, it's it's somewhere you know it's somewhere in between there at this point. And of course, the best guess at this stage, and then we'll move on to talking about the championship game for a couple of minutes, is that he wants to coach this game, and then would go ahead and make the decision after that. And of course, if it happens that he's leaving, then that would happen pretty quickly after this game on Saturday. You would think so, and, and and let's consider the timing of everything here as well. The transfer portal reopens a week from today, and 
you know, people can go in. That's obviously as soon as people can officially go in, now you can go about contacting them and trying to get that. You know, Georgia Tech and probably everybody else who's got a coaching vacancy out there feels like you've got to have somebody in play. And this, you know, in this day and age, you know, it used to be okay. Now, well, it used to be you had to you had plenty of time because the the signing period was uh, the first Wednesday of February. Then you had the early signing period, which is the the third Wednesday in December. So you needed to be ready for that. Now you've got this with the transfer portal, and that that opens up the the Monday after uh, all of the bowls are announced in the you know in the in the college football playoff bracket, and you've got to be ready to go then. So. If indeed this is going to happen, I would expect this timeline. Fritz coaches the game on Saturday. He's introduced at Georgia Tech on Sunday, if indeed it ends up coming to pass that way. Honey Van Gilder with us from CrescentCitySports.com. The championship game is Saturday. And based on appearances, you got to like Tulane's chances. At home, against a team that they lost to, not playing very well by a touchdown, against a team they couldn't stop the run against and yet still had a chance. And since then... Tulane performed well, and UCF has not performed well in two consecutive games. Lost to Navy and didn't score, basically, and then barely escaped against a bad football team last week, and in both games they they changed quarterbacks. So it looks to me like this is a pretty good spot for Tulane if they can block out all the noise. Well, if Plumlee's healthy... And I think that's the you know he's he's had some he's had some health issues mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. If he is healthy and can play, they are a much different and much more effective football team. Yeah, you know, he went the distance against Tulane. It's the last time he's gone the distance, and you could see just how effective they were because he is dynamic running. You know that that Gus Malzahn offense where he keep the ball, put it down, and run, and you know you know makes makes the proper reads and can make some big plays as a result. That was one of the things that you know, Coach Fritz talked about today. Probably the first thing he mentioned in talking about adjustments he's got to make for that first game. We've got to stop the quarterback run was the first thing he said. You know, Plumlee had, what, over 170 yards, I believe it was, in that game. Uh, most of that came on two huge uh, running plays. Um, and they've got, you know, Tulane has got to be able to defend that. And, I've, look, they were not great on offense. Yeah, they ended up scoring 31 points, but they were not great on offense in that day. They missed some passes and – uh, as we've seen, look, you know, they've really gotten Tajay Spears much more involved here the last two weeks. And he's got to be, you know, we talk about, you know, Plumlee for UCF. Spears has got to be a big part of whatever Tulane does. Because what you're, if you're running the football and you're moving the chains, that's the best defense you can play against UCF's offense is have them stand on the sideline while your team is, in the words of Hank Schramm, matriculating the ball down the field. Got to believe it's going to be a full house, Lenny. I would expect that it would be. Yeah, now this situation, basically tickets went on sale to the public yesterday, and they sold out all the tickets to the public yesterday. The only thing remaining are season ticket holder options, anybody who might decline, uh, and anything that might get reverted back into the ticket pool from UCF not selling their allotments uh, or the conference or sponsors, anything like that that might revert back into the pool and it may it may trickle in over over the course of time but yeah you would expect a, a full house at yeoman on saturday and i was i was pleasantly surprised that tickets moved the way they did i don't know what the number was when they started and then when eventually they they finished but 
you know, to put tickets on sale to the public for a two-lane football game and have them go that rapidly in in the course of uh, you know one day on Sunday is uh, you know is is downright encouraging. Certainly an encouraging sign, and about a minute or two left with Lenny Van Gilder. And I guess the biggest question: you've been part of that history there over many years. I've been part of it. And the biggest question remains whether Willie Fritz stays or not. Can they sustain this kind of success? We've seen it over one or two-year periods, but never sustained in the last six, even close to seven decades. No, exactly. And I, I think it, you know, one of the things that's that's got to happen here is you've got to be able to springboard this year into recruiting. And it's got to happen it's got to start with the transfer portal because again, you're going to, you know, there's a lot of veteran leadership on this team. There's going to be a lot of guys that need to be replaced for 2023. Now the depth over time has shored up, but you're still, there are going to be spots that you've got to go in and get guys out of the portal. uh, Whether it's guys from power five schools looking to come back down, whether it's guys maybe looking to move up, you know, whatever it is, you've got to go, uh, land some of those, and whether it's Willie Fritz coaching the team or it's the man on the moon coaching the team, you know, you've got to identify who those guys are and be able to you know, act quickly. And that's going to look, that's going to be one thing that's going to be interesting in this. Let's say on Sunday, Willie Fritz takes this job. Okay. Now, again, transfer portal's not going on hold, it's opening on Monday. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Troy Dan is a smart guy and he's been through a lot of coaching searches, both at Northern Iowa and especially here at Tulane. And it's going to be interesting to see what he does because he's going to have to move quickly on that. And you know what everything that's happened here in the last, you know, 48 hours or so that, you know, he's ready to go in the event this happens. Have to think he's got a plan in place, uh, a contingency plan, knowing that there is a real possibility this can occur. You can follow Lenny's reporting at CrescentCitySports.com. Lenny, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for the visit. You got it. Good to talk to you. All right. It's Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com with the latest on Tulane football. And, again, uh, we're glad that you're with us on this Monday night. Ken Trahan with you. And we shall continue after a brief timeout. Again, the number to call 504-260-1061. It's all access for a Monday night on Nash Icon 1061 FM, and we're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan, are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes, you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful tech to power every passion. The savings start now with up to $500 off on select sleek XPS laptops and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. 
When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast. Even if your symptoms feel mild, ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCovid19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Meet Joe A. Hi. Joe B. Hello. And Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A. is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B. is cruising toward his new ride with Autosave. And Joe C.'s Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect, support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. With Black Friday savings at the Home Depot, you'll find top brand kitchen appliances with innovative features that can do more so your holidays can be more. Ovens with built-in air fryers for baking the perfect cookies. Dishwashers with smart tech to clean everything from bakeware to festive mugs and high-capacity refrigerators to keep leftovers fresh. Final days to shop Black Friday savings and get up to 30% off, plus instantly save up to $750 on select GE kitchen packages at the Home Depot ends November 30th. How doers get more done? Offer valid November 2nd through November 30th. U.S. only. See store or online for details. This report is sponsored by Bank Plus. At Bank Plus, local means more than a location. It means working with bankers who know and support your community and customer-first service you can always count on. Bank Plus. It's more than a name. It's a promise. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine for 1061 Nash Icon. Citrus lovers, don't miss this weekend the Plaquemines Parish Orange Festival with live music, great food, carnival rides, and plenty of fresh citrus. And celebrate the 25th anniversary of Modest Mouse's album, The Lonesome Crowded West, this Saturday night at the Fillmore downtown. For more ideas on what to do this holiday season, pick up Where You At's new Winter Restaurant Guide at restaurants, bars, and grocery stores all over town. Or read it now on whereyat.com. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Big week for Tulane women's basketball. A couple of area teams visiting Fogelman, the University of New Orleans on Wednesday, then LSU this weekend. Joining us now to talk about her team and about this big week is a good and great friend of the program. 29 years at the helm and what a fantastic job with approaching 630 career wins, Coach Lisa Stockton. Lisa, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and I hope you had a good trip to Mexico. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad way to spend uh, Thanksgiving down, <laughs> down, down off the coast, and it's beautiful. Well, that's great. And, of course, your team split there. You're 4-2 on the year. Just talk a little bit about you know what your team has done thus far this year, what you like about what you've seen. Well, you know, we uh, um, kind of had to – it's a rebuild this year as far as we had seven players leave last year. We had our five seniors come back. And, you know, so the stats keep glaring sometimes. We lost 72% of our offense. But – you know, I'm really happy with some of the people we brought in, some of the returners, our freshmen. Um, so I think the thing I like the most is I think this team um, has a chance to really grow through the season. You know, when you have an experienced team, you're not sure how much 
better they're going to be in January and February. And I definitely think this team, we've done some good things, and I think we've got a lot of growth. Um, you know, playing some SEC teams early, um, it's tough. It's a challenge. But, you know, I, I think overall it's going to help us down the road. Well, you've had some balance scoring thus far. Marta Gallick, uh, Kyron Whittington, uh, Donna Jones, of course, a veteran player, have done a good job for you, all averaging in double figures. But you got uh, Rachel Hakes has played well for you, Cahill Warmsley as well. So you've had some balance thus far. We really have. And I, I think that um, the thing that we've been able to do in different games is when somebody's hot, we can go to them. And, you know, you, we're getting good play off of our bench. And you talk about having a point guard. I mean, she's leading the conference in, in assists. And that's always nice to have that experience there so you feel like you can build on that. But, you know, I, I definitely think we've got a lot of really good pieces. And um, it's something that, again, I think we're going to grow through the season. And, and um, you know, hopefully by conference play, I think our conference is, is going to be tough. But I, I definitely think it's kind of wide open. If you can play well in January and February, you got a good chance. As I mentioned, it's a fun week because you got some area teams coming into Fogelman, the University of New Orleans, in there Wednesday night at 6 p.m., to take on the Lady Wave. And then on Sunday, Kim Mulkey brings LSU down here to play. And, you know, different games, obviously, and unique challenges. First of all, playing UNO, I've always liked that. I think it's a good thing. And try to create interest locally in the game uh, for women's basketball. And then LSU, a totally different animal because you've got, you've got a top 15 team coming in here. So talk about those opponents. Well, Ken, I'm, I'm with you. I love to have Louisiana teams and, and bring them in and be able to play them. We haven't had UNO on the schedule for a while, and, and I would love to, to, to keep playing our local teams. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Keyshawn does a great job over there, and they've got some talent. I, you know, I, um, I hope we have some local interest in that um, in that game. And, and um, obviously, uh, you know, it, honestly, LSU might be in the top ten by, by Sunday. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they, they've certainly they, they've got some – some kids that have come in from the transfer portal and, and um, they're playing really well. And, um, but, you know, I, I love um, getting that gym full. You know, hopefully Wednesday we'll have a good crowd. You know, I, I would hope we'll be full on Sunday. And, you know, having our game on um, the championship game on Saturday with football, it's just a way to maybe we can promote that game too. And just the excitement over athletics right now is so good. That hopefully we can put that in and have people show up on Sunday also. Yeah, Ron Hunter doing a good job. His team is 4-2. Yeah. They're playing ULM as we speak, and he's, he's just a ball of energy, uh, a lot of fun to be around, and obviously a guy that, uh, that has raised the level of the program. And speaking of Louisiana teams, you've got Southern coming to Fogelman on December 11th, too, just continuing with that theme of Louisiana opponents. Right. You know, and it's, uh, again, I think that's good. We've, we've had Grambling in here. We have Southern and um, – you know, it's great because we've known these coaches forever in these programs, and I think there's a lot of really good coaches in the state of Louisiana. So, um, you know, having them here is always nice. I want to tell you, Southern has played a schedule. I mean, I think they were at Texas and Oregon and Oregon State. They have a schedule, so this will be a nice trip for them just to drive from Baton Rouge. When you look at what you've done with the 4-2 and two start thus far, what about the high point? What's been the best performance you've put forth thus far? You know, I think the second half of a few of our games, you know, even a, a Sam Houston um, who we played and, and ended up winning significantly, but they, they left here and went beat TCU. You know, I, I think it's playing different styles that we've been able to, to get going, and you can just see that chemistry kind of coming together. Um, you know, when we play a little faster, I think we're better, and we've been able to finish uh, games really strong. And, and I think that's a good sign for what we can build. Um, 
But again, I, I think there's a lot of things. That sometimes coaches, as you know, Ken, we see all the things we got to work on. So sometimes I, I probably focus on those a little too much. But um, but I, I definitely think there's there's some unselfish play. We've had a lot of assists. Uh, we talk about assists all the time. You know, we, we move the ball and, and get the best shot. So I think those are just some of the the positives I think from from our team. You know, it's interesting because the discussion the last few days has been about football, uh, the euphoria of playing for a conference championship, and then the, uh, you know, the, the hesitation because of whatever Willie's future is. And you look at Tulane Athletics and you see, you know, Rick Jones had the baseball program for so many years at a high level. You look at football and, you know, up until Willie, just a whole bunch of changes over the years. And men's basketball, same thing, but the one consistent continuity program that's been consistently good is the women's basketball program you you made this a home and you made this a place that you didn't have to consider leaving didn't you yeah i did and i, I think a lot of that you know it it, it, it comes along I, I didn't come to to lane thinking i would be here 29 years but the nice thing is i still am and uh you know i've had great support from my athletic directors and then you know uh, and i haven't had a lot of athletic directors really for 29 years it's been great um, but Tulane has been a great fit for me. And, um, you know, I, I love seeing what's happening. I mean, what Ron Hunter's done, we have not had in, in basketball in a long, long time. And, you know, I know a lot of spent on Willie, and I can't say enough about how much I love working with him and just watching what he's been able to do consistently with football. You know, I, I think it shows, I think sometimes people underestimate what Tulane can be with the right people in place and getting the right kids in. And, you know, I just think it's a great time for us. And even though college athletics is, in my opinion, a little bit of a mess, um, but I think for us, um, we've been able to, to just keep it going and, and um, move forward. And I, I love seeing the excitement in our fans, um, you know, just the excitement of what's, uh, of what's happening. And that's going to carry into basketball, and that's going to carry into baseball. And, I, you know, I think it's, it's really exciting for Tulane. Well, again, it's a big week. Wednesday, University of New Orleans, 6 p.m. at Fogelman, and then on Sunday, LSU at 4 p.m. at Fogelman to take on the Tulane Lady Green Wave. Lisa, listen, we appreciate the time as always. Keep up the great work, and look, uh, holiday season's arrived. Let's enjoy it, and, and hopefully you can enjoy some wins here. That sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Lisa. Thank you. Lisa Stockton of Tulane University. We'll take a brief time out here. When we return, we'll get you ready for the Pelicans game tonight. All kinds of concerns about who's playing. We'll tell you all about it as we continue here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan, are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Missed Black Friday? Dell's Cyber Monday event starts now with deals on powerful tech to power every passion. The savings start now with up to $500 off on select sleek XPS laptops and Alienware PCs powered by 12th Gen Intel Core processors. Don't forget, special pricing on the latest monitors, docks, and accessories, plus free shipping on everything and monthly payment options with Dell Preferred Account. Just call 877-ASK-DELL for Cyber Monday deals. That's 877-ASK-DELL. 
Shop Macy's Cyber Monday deals for big savings on gifts they'll love. Now, while supplies last, like 50 to 60% off boots and shoes for her, 60% off cashmere sweaters from Charter Club, and 20 to 65% off the hottest toys of the season from Discovery, VTech, and more. Plus, get free curbside or store pickup and try same-day delivery now at Macy's. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you with supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code IMPACT at checkout. That's harrys.com, code IMPACT. Enjoy! Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The ketchup-stained cuffs from Burger Night. The dirt-streaked sweatpants from Tuesday's boot camp class. Not to mention the sorting. We get it. You don't have to love laundry to love Arm & Hammer Plus OxyClean. Now concentrated with two times the powerful stain fighters versus the leading bargain detergent, so it can reach microscopic stains for a deep, hygienic clean. Laundry will always be laundry, and with a little help, you'll crush it. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Final segment begins on this Monday night. Ken Trahan with you and the New Orleans Pelicans. Back in action shortly at Smoothie King Center against the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder at 8 and 12. Pelicans at 11 and 8 coming in. Pelicans off of a disappointing loss in their game against the Grizzlies in Memphis. Didn't play well. They'd beaten Memphis earlier in the season, but just didn't play well this past game. News today that Kyra Lewis Jr. has been recalled from the G League Birmingham squadron. 
Darian Sebron also recalled. But the, the news there primarily is about Lewis because this was a draft pick. This was a guy that showed quickness, showed speed, and shoot it well, and had some ups and downs, but then he hurt his knee, and he missed the rest of last season. They sent him to the G League this year. He's performed well enough in the eyes of the Pelicans to recall him. So Kyra Lewis is back. Are they going to incorporate him in any way, shape, or form? My guess is probably not initially. I don't know where the minutes would come from. If you're getting mileage off your bench, which you are right now, then I don't know where you would find a way to play him based upon you know, the depth that you've shown at the guard position as much as anything. When you look at you know, the way Alvarado's played off the bench, you're not going to take minutes from him. Of course, when you look at C.J. McCollum, if he's on the floor, you know he's starting at guard. Then you've got Devontae Graham, who's been giving you some offense off the bench, which you got to take a look at. Dyson Daniels is in that mix as well. They spot him at times, and he can be effective. So again, the question for Kyra Lewis is, are you going to have the opportunity to get minutes at any point in time? Uh, it will be interesting to see if he can work his way in because he's a different dynamic player. A lot of quickness there and a guy that can, can really get up and down the floor with ease. And like I said, his shooting percentage wasn't good when he played, but when you watched him shoot the ball, you had to like his shot. I mean, there was a lot to like about the form, the way it came out of his hand. You had to think that this guy had a chance to be a good shooter, and I certainly think that that's the case. So with Kyra Lewis, I think there's a chance there that he can be a player that can contribute at some point in time. You know, as for the others, I mean, look, what's Brandon Ingram like, I mean, you, you, you just can't get all your guys on the floor at the same time. You know, that's it. You just can't get your mind. You cannot get all your guys together at the same time. That's a difficult circumstance. And when you look at this situation, you just don't know. Zion Williamson missed games, he's back. Ingram goes down in the last game. McCollum has had illness. Najee Marshall, an illness, is questionable tonight. Larry Nance, shoulder soreness, he's questionable tonight. Ingram, doubtful with his toe contusion. McCollum remains out due to health and safety protocols. The good news with Ingram Willie Green said today he has no structural damage to his toe. Says it's more like a contusion. Keep hearing these contusions. So that's pretty interesting when you look at the injury situation that continues to rear its head. I mean, it's just one of those situations. When you look at the New Orleans Saints and the injuries they've dealt with all year long, and you add the New Orleans Pelicans and the injuries they've had all year long, it's a major issue. Certainly a concern. And you'd love to see what the finished product would be if you could get everybody on the floor at the same time from the Pelicans' perspective, much like you'd like to see the same on the field from the New Orleans Saints' perspective. But neither has been true this year. Neither has been the case. And when it will be, I don't know. Pelicans have done a pretty decent job of dealing with the injuries.
and being able to overcome them. And they're facing a team tonight that's below 500 and below average overall, but a team that can beat them if they don't play well. This is the NBA. It's the nature of the beast. And the Pelicans have to show up. They've got to get Zion Williamson more than 12 shots. I can tell you that, especially in Ingram's absence and possibly McCollum's absence. So, I mean, you, you really have to make sure and make a concerted effort to get Zion going early on. And then you need one of your centers to step up and, and be that guy, whether it's Valanciunas or Nance. Neither was able to do so in the game against Memphis. Styles make the game, so they're different types of players. One game, one's going to be the effective player. The other, the next game, the other guy's going to be effective. That's